I'm with Joel Hughes, who's a web developer down in Newport, who I've met last year at his Port 80 event. Um, I was really interested in how, how that came about um, and how he started running that and, and more about his business. He's an in interesting character online. I wanted to find out a little bit more. On Twitter, he calls himself a digital strategist at Hinkford. Might, might find out a bit more about Hinkford. He runs Port 80 events and the business of web design, which is a new conference you're running. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, perhaps a little bit more about your background as well, Joe? Sure. Um, I did a degree in computing in the early 90s, and I worked for people like British Airways and American Express. I was on their big mainframe systems there. That's IBM 390s, and uh, I've, I've written programs in COBOL, which <laughs> not a lot of web developers well, have, <laughs> I think. Um, but uh, late 1999, I got a chance to switch over to the web because, I mean, I could see mm -hmm. that see that had a bit of, bit of a future and didn't really look back. I mean, my, my current company, which was only recently renamed, was set up in 2001. And back then, from then, I was doing the traditional thing of contracting, I suppose, where you'd be on site with agencies yeah. for X number of weeks. Um, and then after a period of time, I kind of got bored with that sort of thing. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a funny mix between designer and developer and you never like to fit in a particular uh, in, in particular hole. And then I didn't really want to be a permanent, so about, let me see, my old eldest is seven now, so it's slightly older than that. So I suppose around 2007, that's when I said, well, look, I'm not going to go contracting anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I, now I'm going to start sort of uh, working out how to get clients in direct. And that's where the fun begins, because I knew nothing about running a business, which sort of leads on to some of the other things we're talking about. And then it's just sort of gone from there, really. I've just sort of had to learn the hard way, how to deal with clients and how to do all of that other stuff, which goes alongside um, the fact that you might know a bit about how to build a website, but to run a business, you need more skills than just that. Yeah, quite a different skill set. Yeah. Just, just going back in time to your childhood, do you, uh, looking back, what sort of things did you uh, do when you were growing up that maybe had shaped where you are now? Um, that's a good question. Um, I was very much a Meccano, Lego kind of kid, mm. so yes, I would be always doing stuff like that. Um, dangerous at taking plug sockets apart and then my <laughs> granddad waking up um, in the middle of the night one day and I think it was only about five and I somehow got his soldering iron out and I was doing something so I was that kind of tinkerer so it's lucky that I'm here after being involved in many of those scripts but I'm always interested in space and technology and science and I'm, I'm an old get now 43 odd so when I was young, we didn't have many computers around. When it's I was young, it's in my day. Well, in my day, but you know, but it was true. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm I, I, I'm from the world of of spectrums, mm -hmm. and before and before that, and on television, we would have problems like making the most of the micro. Whereas now, you know, it's it's much easier to be immersed in all that. So yeah, it's it's always been part of my blood, really, that kind of thing, technology. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so tell me a little bit about the events. As I said. I attended your, your Port 80 event here in, in Newport last year, um, and it was the first event I'd been to in quite some time, and it was, right. it was aimed really <coughs> at, at web developers, and I, I thought, well, this is the year that I, I, I want to get out there a bit more. Mm. I want to go and see what other people are doing and really immerse myself in, in the web. Okay. So I came across your, I think I came across you on Twitter, and you were talking about this event. I thought that looked interesting. Um, the next one's coming up in May, I believe. May, May the 16th, that's correct, yeah, here in sunny Newport. Oh, I've already got my ticket for it. Oh, well done. Um, I think I'm dragging along our web developer to it as well. Superb. Um, tell me a little bit about how that came about. Where did that uh, idea come from? Sure. Um, for some reason, I mean, obviously I've been based here in Newport for quite a few years, and I used to go to conferences such as the Future Web Design up in London, yep. and there were a few in Bristol, but I couldn't quite get my head around why there didn't seem to be any web conferences in South Wales. 
and this has been like an ongoing issue. I just couldn't quite understand it. Then what must have been about four and a half, five years ago, I remember the, I can remember it quite clearly now. There was a, a tweet go, going around with somebody doing a Google form of, um, we're going to bring a conference to South Wales. What are your thoughts mm -hmm. about X, Y, and Z? So I thought, well, it's happening at last. Hooray. And then about 18 months after that, I remember thinking, well, what happened to that? Nothing. And I thought, oh, God, at some stage, you've got to sort of just do it yourself. So I put up a blog post. This must be about two years now, 2012. Put up a blog post saying, okay, I'm going to bring a conference to Newport in May. I knew nothing about how, how, to, how to do that. I'm going to need some speakers and all that kind of stuff. And luckily, Twitter being a very fertile ground for that kind of collaboration, mm -hmm. everyone sort of jumped in and, uh, and, and helped out. So... Uh, now we've got quite a, quite, a, quite a bit going on here, which I, I'm glad, I like to think I played a, played a part in, in sort of kick-starting that. So, yeah, I mean, Port Daily was born out of the fact that we've got an active community here in Wales. Mm -hmm. And certainly in Newport, we've got lots of very interesting people. And to give a bit of a focus to that. So tell me a little bit more about the things that will be going on this year. Right, in terms of the conferences, etc.? Yeah, what sort yeah. of speakers have you got? Oh, right, okay, let's have a look. We've got um, Denise Jacobs, she's like a creativity evangelist. Uh, I haven't got the list in front of me, so I can forget the people. You're testing no. your memory now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got, she, she's fantastic. She, I, I wrote, I've read a, a lot of her sort of articles online, and she's a very, very interesting lady. We've got Joshua Marshall, who has been part of Gov UK mm -hmm. on the accessibility side. And GovUK is an interesting site, full stop. Mm, this is. The accessibility aspect of it is very interesting because um, I don't know if you've done much on accessibility, but that's certainly a land which lends itself to a lot of box ticking and you've got to have triple yep. A this and triple yep. A that. Well, they didn't go that approach. They went very much, a, oh, we're not going to go that kind of route of mm -hmm. box ticking. We're just going to test it on people and make it. And I love that kind of bravery and, I, and we need to see more of that because public sector especially, I think, like to just sort of tick boxes. And like a Reb, uh, Robin Christofferson, did you see Robin last year? I did, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was very, good. very uh, I, good. I had a chat with Robin and, and of course he's at um, uh, AbilityNet, uh, AbilityNet, that's him, isn't that's it? That's right. Yeah, um, and he was saying like he's come across like AAA websites which have been ticked, but they're complete usability nightmares. Yeah. So again, it's like many of the things in, in, in life, you can't um, keep on chasing those kind of those uh, goals without really thinking about what you're, what the real Well, that's are. right, and I, I remember from those when... Um, when the Disability Discrimination Act came in and, and, and that was the thing at the time, you know, that all websites had to be um, certified AA, yeah. AAA, that sort of stuff. But I remember a lot of it is left down to your judgment. Yeah. There were these series of tick boxes, but it wasn't a binary answer. It was, well, you've got to think. So the only way you can really do that is put it in front of someone yeah. and test it for real. Can someone navigate it with a speech... Uh, Speech-enabled web browser or yeah. high contrast, you know, whatever whatever their um, system is they're using, can it be navigated? That's the only way you can test it. I, I felt it was always a bit of a, uh, a flawed uh, accreditation system. Yeah, I think so, and I think most of the good web web developers I know and good designers, they already know this stuff. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, we've I've worked closely with um, I forget their name now, but when we did the Monmouth Council website, we we're closely with the. Uh, accessibility testing company down in Neath mm -hmm. and they've got people there of all various um, abilities and spending the day with them watching them use the website that was very much an, an eye-opening thing and I learned a lot from that but I mean they were very uh, complimentary about how much accessibility we built in there from, from day one because mm -hmm. when I come across clients saying oh we've come across like this accessibility widget which needs to be bolted onto the website and you're looking at it and thinking what that JavaScript pile of junk that's yeah. meant to improve accessibility yeah. and sort of yeah. no don't try to be the web browser let the web browser have to be that we just need to put the hooks in place to make everything make sense and a lot of time with accessibility 
no, have decent market, but write decent content. We're yeah, back to content absolutely. again. Going back to just the simple, the simple things that people want to get, really. They don't yeah, don't, really. don't have click here, but then yeah. again, we've been saying that for years, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah, for many different reasons. Yeah, so we've got, so we've got yeah. um, jo Joshua speaking. Um, we've got uh, Dan Donald talking about his kind of workflow. Oh, we've got Kevin Evans talking. Um, University of Glamorgan, I think Kevin is. Uh, he's a very interesting guy. He's done lots of work with Apple and stuff. He'll be talking about proximity and, and the Ooh. eye beacon stuff. Oh, good. Yeah, I want to know that. About is that is so exciting. Yeah, it is. And I think that's exciting because in all truth, and we know this, I'm sure you know this as well, that I mean, the world of what we do is much bigger than websites now. Yeah. When you look at stuff like Arduino and all that stuff, yeah. the, what we can do, we, we are all about creating digital campaigns mm -hmm. now. It's not just about what we do, websites, we're not interested in the rest of it. Well, yeah. if that's how you're going to think, I think, you know, extinction can't be too far away. <laughs> I think it's got to be, how can we engage and, and excite the, the client's audience or help them achieve their goals with all, the, all this kind of tool set? And stuff like iBeacons, that's well, fascinating. But what's, what I find interesting about it is not necessarily the way it can help... Uh, promote as you're walking past the display or past the shop. I, th I think a lot of people are uh, sort of hooking onto that and saying, well, we can use it for promotion. Yeah. Promotion that most people don't want. No, exactly. I think there's tons of other no. opportunities for it. Little, tiny ways that you can help people, um, you know, that can help you improve your business in some way. Yeah, the, I'll, I'll, yeah. I think it's one of those technologies where you have to build it and play with it for the lights yes. to come on. The the first ideas are just the stupid obvious ones because they've watched, uh, what's that film with Tom Cruise, the... You know, he's walking past the signs and... Oh, yes. <laughs> It'll come to me in a Everyone yeah. send, send, a, yeah. send a postcard in. But, you know, they're flashing up the address. That's just the yeah. obvious ones. And I suppose that's the world yeah. they would like us to inhabit. But, of course, all we would do is turn those notifications off. It has to be relevant. Yeah, that's right. Minority Report is... That's there. it. Hooray, we did it. There's also the other one where he's using his hands to, to play on a large touchscreen device. Yeah. And actually, that's been proved that if you were to do that for long periods of time, it... It, it's not practical. No, so. but it's practical. I mean, if you but there are elements yeah. of it that, that yeah. are worth taking forward. I saw a great video of somebody stood outside uh, slide a shop window and they were just using the browser gestures yeah. to, yeah. to move something. And yeah, you wouldn't want to do that all day, but then again, it's. It, I think we're going to go into a world where the interface disappears into the background. Yeah. And, and like we're sat in front of my MacBook now, that it won't be the same. In like, I mean, the way we develop websites in five years or ten years it's just going to be completely different the d devices you've got to worry about if we think it's responsive now yeah. what the hell is it going to be like in five ten years that's right and if you think almost in some ways that the interfaces are, um, or visual interfaces perhaps are disappearing or changing and, and so one website may not be just the visual presence uh, even as it is on a, on a desktop or laptop or, or a mobile device it could also be in voice. It could yes. also be in um, miniature bits of text in different places. Could be. Uh, you, you, you imagine the, the, the interface we've got in cars now. Yeah. They're not going to be... No, it's going to be voice yeah. activated. So. so one website needs to be delivered in so many different ways. And it's not necessarily a website anymore. It's lots no. of different services. And, it, and it, it, it does get your mind really thinking about how you know, our business is really changing. And, it, and as you say, if we don't move with it and we yeah, don't look forward... And, and these are problems we're struggling with now. If you're you know, reading the Karen McGrain stuff, talking about content, we have to sort of get content at the heart of it and get that into a vehicle which can be repurposed for many different um, uh, sort of output channels, really. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds interesting. I'm, I'm looking, looking forward to it already, um, more than I was before. Hooray! Job done. <laughs> so, 
So moving on, you, you weren't content with Port 80. You've also got localhost, which is, uh, I think you describe as a mini Port 80. Yeah, um, localhost are my, I mean, because of course Port 80, we know why it's technically called that, I hope, if you're a web developer. But yeah, and, and so I put localhost in place to run on the other quarters, which Port 80 doesn't. So Port 80 runs in May, and then every three months there's what I call a localhost event, which is just like an evening uh, event here in Newport, just to sort of help bring the community together yeah. and to keep the whole Port 80 idea um, a, 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 a library. So it's very much like a free grassroots event. Mm -hmm. And and then you've got uh, yet another event, the Business of Web Design, which is starting in July, I believe. Is that is that's going to be the first? Yeah, one? that's July the eighteenth. Um, it's taking a different tack. Completely different tack, really. Um, I was speaking at Kirsty Schrock Greek uh, Geek l last year. Yeah. That was a really good event. And whenever I'm asked to speak someplace, I mean, I'm not going to be the one speaking about responsive web design and stuff like that. I'm more interested in the business side, mm -hmm. certainly given the pain points I've had to go through and, uh, and, all, and all that kind of stuff. I think these are lessons which a lot of people seem to resonate with. And I gave that talk last year, and as part of that, I launched my business of web design blog. So I thought, mm -hmm. well, I'll have a place on, online where I can start putting all these articles together and start gathering the, the resources, like Mike Montero's book, you know, Design and Show, all that kind of, just to sort of use that as a bit of a focus point because I'm very passionate about it. And then later on in the year, I thought, oh, okay, we're getting some good responses to this kind of um, idea. Let's take the next step. Because um, whenever I've given the talks to that, people are saying, oh, we need to hear more, more about this. Yep. And that's exactly what my, I feel about it. So I thought, okay, let's set up another conference then. Um, it's one of those things where you just sort of got to put a pin in the diary, in the calendar and say, it's happening then. It's Otherwise, a, brave, brave, a brave thing to do. Well, do it. I mean, what's the worst going to happen? Yeah, you know, exactly. you don't get enough people there. You go, you've got to cancel it. Well, that's, there we are. No, nobody died. I mean, my great granddad fought in Eep. This isn't that. No. <laughs> so just go for it. But yeah, I'm very passionate about that. There's um, so much interesting stuff I'm, I'm doing with that. At the moment, I'm going around the country pr helping promote it as part of what I'm calling the uh, TBO Roadshow, which is kindly uh, sponsored by Campaign Monitor. I've got to get that in there. Uh, so yeah, I've been going out. I've been up to London. I've been up to Cambridge. I'm going up to um, Chris Alwood. Um, second Wednesday in Nottingham and uh, speaking about the general topics there and uh, drumming up a bit of support for it but yeah that's great fun as well uh, I enjoy speaking I enjoy the um, meet, meeting people and, and talking about this topic which I don't think gets a lot of airplay no it doesn't I don't think and I from what you were saying earlier you're, you're looking at topics that you're particularly interested in. You know, these are conferences that you would really like to go to so that you can really make sure it's a, it's a decent conference. It's got a lot of good value information, not just something to make money. Yeah, I think you've got to curate it. You've got to, you, whenever I've... Um, I don't like having to do that thing where you got to, well, I've got to schedule tweets about the conferences oh, coming. I, yeah. I don't like doing that, but you know, I'm not in front of Twitter all the time. And in fairness, when I've sort of scheduled tweets saying, you know, Kevin Ems is speaking about iBegins, or whenever I've gone through it, I thought, I've got a really warm feeling in my chest, thinking, God, I'm really looking forward to these conferences. And that tells me that I'm on the right track. Yeah. So the web, certainly Port 80, I curate those speakers, I, I, I reach out to people who I want to be there, and I can also throw open it for talk submissions. Business and web design, of course, is a much more narrow thing in, in, in the sense that we're not speaking about responsive web design, we're not speaking about CSS3, we're not speaking about workflow in that sense, but we're talking about the business side, so we're talking about things like pricing, mm -hmm. talking about dealing with clients, evolving your, your agency. So it's much more focused on people who are freelancers, who are looking to go freelance, or who are running their own sort of micro kind of a agency. So yeah. it's, it's, it's like... Um, 
a sub a sub band within the general people of, of um, people who, who are web developers. And do you, is it just for web developers, or do you think other people would uh, get some benefit from it? No, that's that's a great question. In fact, it's not it's not very web developer related. So it's it's really open to anybody who mm. creates. In in all truth, however, my feeling is that certainly for the first conference, to keep the the speakers very web focused, I think will put it in a context which the audience will understand. Yeah. My longer term goal, um, as much as I've got a goal for it, is that in future years, perhaps I'll get um, a very good negotiating speaker in to speak yeah. about it. And, and they're not web people, but if I can get people to the stage where they realize that, yeah. oh, okay, um, I am having to do these skills with negotiation yeah. and pricing, so let's, you know, let's just embrace that. Well, that's right. We were talking about, just before this, we were talking about um, sales. And, uh, and you were saying that, that people come along and say, well, I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. Well, but they don't picture themselves as uh, maybe the sleazy set car salesperson. That's, that's how they that's how That's they people yeah. think of a salesperson. Yeah. But you're saying, no, you are. If you're You've talking to someone and negotiating your time or your product for some money, then you're a salesperson. Every time somebody asks you what you do for a living, yeah. you're selling. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. And yeah. if you just stand there and go, oh, um, I do websites or something... What a wasted opportunity! Yeah. People's attention spans are really short. You know, you might you've got to put something in their mind which is going to help them hook onto you. And I work with clients for this all the time. And I ask them what their products and services are, and I've always got to try. One metaphor I try to give them is that your website, or indeed however you present yourself, mm -hmm. it's a shop front. It's not the stock cupboard where everything, where you've got all of these skills. Yeah. But what are what are your what's your low hanging fruit? What what starts that relationship off? Mm -hmm. That's what people hook into, and this is where people come unstuck when they say. So I ask them what the target audience is, instead of oh, it's everybody. Well, you know, what's what a surprise that you're not going to be able to market them because yeah. you cannot market to everybody. Yeah. And yes, I suppose anyone can theoretically use a website, but that doesn't mean that they're your that's your market and it's not that you have to uh, if you're marketing to a certain very niche set of people it doesn't mean you can't sell to anyone else no not at all it just means it's a lot easier for you to think about your business it is completely I mean uh, Blair Enns always says this very well that you know, the, the, the target which you hit is much broader yeah. than your niche yeah. But people get terrified of niche, yeah. which is why you see websites where we do, ah, oh, we do this, ah, oh, we do that, ah, oh, we do that. Sort of, uh, what do you do? Because yeah. end, you end up looking like um, uh, you know, a jack of all trades. Yeah. And people don't really want that. Yeah, and maybe the people that do are, are, don't always turn out to be the best of clients because they just want to pay the cheapest amount for someone just to do a bit of work for them. Yeah. I honestly think the way we present our services has got to be different. I, I'm yeah. fed up of almost hearing people saying, oh, we're a good all-around digital agency and stuff like that. I don't even know what those phrases mean. <laughs> and I don't think clients do. And I think, you know, people sort of sell that, oh, we'll do five SEOs, CMS pages and all that stuff. It doesn't yeah. mean anything or, to clients. We'll manage three keywords for you. Well, yeah. Yeah. Those are sort of, you know, they're features, aren't they? Yeah. That's, the, the, yeah. that's the nuts and bolts. What do you do for them? Yeah. Does that mean, uh, is it that you help them achieve better results online well that's what it is then yeah. by worrying too much in the detail you lose sight of what you're trying to achieve yeah. and then all of a sudden we're competing with Mr. Sight well you can't in web yeah. design you know, there's always somebody who will do it cheaper than you and there's yeah. always somebody who will do it free yeah. so we have to differentiate ourselves yeah. that's, that's actually interesting that point um, back in the day as you referred to uh, web in fact we were talking earlier web, web design was uh, much more about maybe one or one person to begin with one yeah. person that would do everything 
The webmaster. The webmaster, yeah, to use that lovely term. And then it's spread out. Maybe you have two. Maybe you have someone who does the programming, someone who does the uh, the design. And, yeah. it, and, it, and then it's involved. Yeah. It's, it's much further. Now you've got automated systems that, you do, that do it. There's, there's lots that you get the, the one-on-one system on, yeah. online. Of course. And, and I'm sure that creates a, a nice little website that, that suits certain people. Do you, do you find that that has forced you to change um, your business? Or do you think you've just naturally evolved into a different business? No, I, I mean, I've not really thought of those tools very much. Um, I don't think I'm sort of... I, I've certainly never been threatened by that because I've always seen I add value on the business level. Yes. I mean, I add value where we choose the right tool. So it could be that, say, that one-on-one site builder is right for a client, then we could choose that tool. But clients haven't got that knowledge. My, my role is much more about divorcing clients from having to worry about all that web and digital mm-hmm. stuff because, you know, I'm on Twitter all the time. I'm finding out about the time because this is what I love doing. Clients don't love doing all that. So um, websites and all that kind of stuff, they're outputs. I mean, we've got apps we're worrying about now, and we've already mm. talked about this ever-changing landscape. That's really at the heart of what my business yeah. does, and that's why I don't say so much like web design anymore. I would prefer to say something like digital strategy or, or, or more generic phrases like that. I mean, digital strategy is not the best phrase, but it's, it's better than just saying website design. Cause yeah. I don't, cause I, because that does actually limit you, certainly as we're saying, talking yeah. about the future. And really what you're doing now is you have a passion, you have a love of everything digital and what's going on. You keep your head in that as much as you like. And then you can relay that back to clients, and that's what they pay that's, you for. That, that's yeah. what they pay you for. They're yeah. paying you for that expertise. So, you're a pretty busy man. Um, there's a lot, a lot of these conferences you're doing. Yeah, you know, we were just trying to organise this interview. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry about that. We're here, though. <laughs> no, Is it we're recording. Here. I hope it's we, recording. We, uh, I hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got the fear of doubting you now. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, man. What keeps you motivated? How can you not be motivated? This is a fantastic time to be alive. Yes. You know, as I say, my great-granddad, Tom, worked down the mine. He, had, he fought at Ypres in the First World War. What a different world that was. Look at all the opportunities we've got now. The opportunities for small companies to make a difference. I mean, Instagram started with bugger all people. I know. Yeah. I mean, Look at where it's got to. I'm, I'm currently working on, like, probably like a lot of people, lots of different side projects, mm-hmm. which, you know, if they come off, they can be, you know, this time next year, Rodney, my son, like, like my son. But... <laughs> With a, few, with a handful of people, you can make big change. I mean, wow. How can you not be excited about that? Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's always something to be done. There's always new stuff. And also, of course, it's the, more, it's the exciting people that are out there. I mean, I, I, as I said earlier, I mean, I don't tend to do much of the programming now. I'm always mucking around with it because it's in my blood. I don't tend to do much of the designer because I work with freelancers mm-hmm. who are better in those areas. And the work they produce makes you more excited because, I mean... When you put together a project and you see the design coming together and you know the same kind of technical details going into the back end and you're creating something which is crafted and is lovely, yeah. it's the same kind of buzz which I'm sure goes in, which people got from, like, say, the iPod. When, yes. when that came out, everyone laughed at that because, oh, why do we need that? Because we've already got the, well, who would pay for that? Because we've got these hard disks to do X, Y, and Z. You don't have that conversation any, anymore. No. Because they knew how to create product. Yeah. And I think product is really important because it is that marriage of doing the technical right, doing the marketing right, doing the design right. And it is that crossroads of getting all that right. That's where the real fun is. And then seeing, seeing all that put together at the end and actually seeing a result, the client's happy, there's yeah. results, money's made, whatever the objective yeah. is. Yeah. 
So how can you not be excited by yeah. that? It's yeah. wonderful. It's yeah. great. It's good fun. I'm already more motivated. <laughs> so um, just tell me about the setup. How, how do you go, what, you know, what sort of hardware and software? And we've got a MacBook Pro in front of me here. Um, um, what yeah. do you use to make more money? What do I use to make more money? Um, my MacBook Pro is absolutely essential. Um, I have to kick, I've had it for about three years now. And I have to say, I wish I, I would have... Um, gone to it before because I think looking over there in the corner of my office you can see dead carcasses of yeah. old Dells and stuff like that and you know those are the cheap and cheerful laptops which I used to use because I I suppose using that kind of lean mentality I didn't want to spend much money because yeah. a, a Mac laptop does cost a lot a lot, a lot more but when you're losing say an hour a day with having to turn it off when it goes slow and all that kind of stuff yeah. that's just that ends up being a false economy and those false economies can catch businesses out so yeah. sometimes you've got to spend money um now that I don't do so much um, coding, I don't need such a high-end computer, but um, I've got another MacBook at home, so I've kind of covered the angle, and all my key stuff is like backed up onto Dropbox and stuff, so hopefully if that dropped dead, I can get it and running very, very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So um, that's my hardware front. Uh, I do a lot of online kind of services. I've got, obviously, Gmail and all the Google apps which go with that. Google mm -hmm. Docs are great. I've already mentioned Dropbox. I use stuff like Redbooth, which is an online project well, that's management. that's new to me, Redbooth. Redbooth, yeah. Um, uh, Darren Beelers did a great post the other day, mm -hmm. we'll put that, if you put that in the show notes, about all the different project management software he's used, and he mentioned it because I'd had a chat to him about it. And um, it's kind of like Basecamp, but I prefer it. Yeah. That's a very interesting tool. Oh, I'll be interested in looking at that, because we use Basecamp for, right. for, for everything that we do, so that'd be... Uh, uh, for, for many, many years now, but uh, so it's difficult to move because it's very incumbent in our business, but well, yeah, it's certainly worth looking at. I'm, I, I'm always looking at new tools, perhaps using too many tools. <laughs> but yeah, I have, the, I have to rein myself yeah, in. Yeah, Harvest for time tracking, yes, that. That, that, that one. Uh, quote Roller is quite a nice one for doing formatted quotes. I'm probably going to move over to an InDesign template at some point because I'm working with, um, with a graphic designer just to help make all of my quotes and all that kind of stuff look much more on brand whereas mm -hmm. before I'd quite happily just said I mean I can know to make something look alright but I'm much more focused now that everything that goes out the door yeah. is part of a touch point yeah yeah that's interesting touch points yeah do you operate any system operating system it sounds wrong but you talk about touch points what I know about touch points are I mean every, every time you make contact with someone yes. in some way so it could be a tweet it could be an advert they've seen it yeah. could be a phone call it could be a meeting they're touch points. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you have any strategy for that? Well, I'm just more aware of the fact that, I mean, there is that old axiom that uh, there's seven touch points yeah, yeah. before a sale. Look, I, I don't know whether that's right or wrong, but I certainly know that in terms of what I do, I'm not selling cans of baked beans. These are not cheap websites from five up, five grand upwards. Mm -hmm. I mean, it all depends what they want, but it's sort of, they're not going to make that decision immediately. So there are a series of touch points. So you might have a, have a phone call and then... Well, we might do a proposal. Maybe there's a step between that where yeah. you send them something of value. Maybe there's a blog post yeah. where you've written. There may it says there's lots of things you need to do along the way to to create that value. And and whenever they receive something from you, then you know it could be like a letter through the post. Well, it's got to be in a lovely envelope. It's got to be branded. It can't. You know, so all of this goes to show your attention to detail. I think. Yeah. So it's just being aware of those. Not necessarily there's so much of a uh, a focused planned out strategy but you are aware of every single contact and touch that is made is branded in yes and I think jobs. becoming more aware of what your sales process is because again yeah. even the, even if you say you don't have a sales process you do you You've must do like, it's, yeah. it's, it's like saying you don't have a brand you, you must have one in some kind of shape yes. or form whether it's formalised or not becoming more aware of what that sales process is allows you to get better at it as soon as you start turning it into a system 
you can measure that and yeah. you can improve it. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do now. Not in a sort of a, a devious kind of way, it's just to sort of to put in place processes which have been up to this point vague and gut feel, which are great, apart from I want to sort of improve it and I want to scale it up so that needs to be more documented. I need to be more aware of what I'm actually doing. Yeah, I think it can also help your customer as well. I mean, the clearer you can make your communication, the easier it is for them to make a decision. So you're, of course. Not, you're not wasting their time, it's, it's more efficient for you. I yeah. you know, it's a win win, really. I think so, yeah, I think so. Um, is there anything, uh, any other system or, or anything cool on the web, any, any new utility that you've been playing with that has uh, got your attention? Um, CRMs are always interesting. Mm. Um, like the high-end ones, they scare the life yeah, out of most, most uh, web developers. Um, I used HiRise, the Basecamp one, for yep. a couple of years. Yep. Um, I just didn't use it very well. And to no. be honest, I can't even log into it now. I don't know whether I closed my we, account. We use it, but you know, it, it it stores contacts. That's all it does at the moment. It stores contact information, which is yeah, it's not using it. So it's not really, is it? But I'm, the last couple of years, I've kind of cobbled together my own spreadsheet, which is so I can track what are my leads, what, where are my proposals at, mm -hmm. what projects am I working on. So it's that kind of stuff. But I have been playing around with one that called, I think it's called One Page CRM, and that looks kind of nice. Mm. It's kind of, I suppose it's striking the right balance of, I don't need, I haven't got a massive sales team yet, so don't bombard me with all those sales teams, which I don't quite understand. Yeah. But, but I want to have a nice clear dashboard of what proposals am I working on, how far along the pipeline are they, how, I mean... What, what am I do, do, do to do next? Yeah. So What promises have I made that I need to fulfill? That kind of yeah. stuff, yeah. So that looks an interesting tool. I don't know whether I'm going to use it or I don't know whether I'm um, going to build my own tool. Like we're always, always oh. on the, yes, <laughs> we're always on the way. I remember the, far uh, too many years of trying to do that, building my own project management systems and CRMs. Yeah. And never, you get so far and never having enough to push through that barrier really to commercialise it. It's one thing to write a couple of lines of code, it's another thing to turn into a product. Oh, yeah. And so what I'm tending to do now, which I haven't done years before, is that I'm tending to put my money where my mouth is. On certain projects where mm -hmm. I want to get done, I'm having to pay people. So before, I can cobble it together, but I'm a busy person, and also I don't want to be up all night coding, I've got young kids, so I want to right. bath them, I want to have fun with them, I want to yeah. play around with them. It, it, there's more to life than just code. Yeah. So you've got to find out where you need to invest your time. So. That's been a good step for me is to sort of, you know, put money into it. So when the company's making money, I'm also funding things as well because I get fun from that. Yeah, excellent. Um, just to finish off then, perhaps a couple of tips, um, maybe on event running, web design, herbal tea, whatever you like. Herbal tea, um, licorice and peppermint, they're very nice flavours. Event running, um, if there's no events running in your area, then you just need to sort of get off your bottom and do it. There should be no more excuses. Yes, it is a little bit stressful, but to be honest, it's more of an admin headache. Yeah. Now, I'm happy to share with you a template I've done for, for running events and um, you know, come and ask me any questions, but I have found in general, most people in the web kind of community are very um, open sharing people yeah. and they want to just band, band together and, and, and to do stuff. So running grassroots events there, that's fine. Obviously, if you want to try and run a paid-for conference, that's another level of complexity. Maybe start off with a grassroots run. But ultimately, you've just got to get off your ass and start doing these things. I spent too many years thinking that other people were going to do stuff or other people were better qualified doing stuff. But you know, good ideas are ten and penny. Execution is where it's all at. 
You've just got to get off your ass and do it and not worry too much about what other people are going to say. Who gives a monkeys? Just, just, just do what you think is right. What more can you say than that? That's a good point to finish it. Thanks, Joel. Where can we find you online? You'll always find me hanging around the kitchen in um, Twitter, Joel underscore Hughes. That, that's always a good jumping off point for me. Uh, if, you, if you're an Instagrammer, you'll find me there. Joelhughes.com is my current website, which has been parking content for a couple of years. However, my new agency is called Hinkford. Mm. And that'll be, um, the website for that will be a couple of months now because I need to mull over the content, etc. But yeah, oh, Business of Web Design yeah. is TBO Web Design on Twitter and Port AD is Port AD Events. So there is a, Twitter is a good place for me. <laughs> Thanks very much, Joe. Thanks for having me on here.